Welcome, listeners, again to Medical Education's podcast series. This is Kevin Eva, the editor-in-chief for the journal, coming to you this time from a warm and bright Vancouver morning. Uh, I have the pleasure today of talking via Skype with David Rogers, who's professor of surgery at Southern Illinois University and is having a paper published in the September issue of Medical Education entitled Teaching Operating Room Conflict Management to Surgeons, Clarifying the Optimal Approach. Thanks, David, for making the time during summer in particular to record this with me. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me. One of the things that intrigued me about your paper is it's really opened my eyes to a field that I didn't even know existed on conflict management. And I know from previous conversations with you that your master's dissertation was based on work that you've done in this area. And so I wonder if I might start by just getting you to tell our listeners a little bit about what that field entails and what our researchers interested in conflict management tend to focus upon. So that's a great question because my interest in conflict in groups actually was in small learning groups in medical education. And then I began to discover that there wasn't much written about it in medical education, despite the fact that we teach in a variety of small face-to-face and increasingly distributed groups. So I spent a fair amount of time, and one of the things that's happened with conflict research is it's a fairly new area, and so you don't find it so well-defined as a discipline. You find that people address it primarily in organizational behavior, but in psychology and in sociology, and there are journals that are developing and actually groups that are developing that are devoted specifically to conflict management. So their theories, their work, their research was very valuable to me in terms of my first work. And what I found was I could identify a few opinion leaders and the things that they were saying, I began to detect in the operating room. So that then really led to this uh, proposal to my collaborators that we undertake this particular program. Sounds like a field much like health professional education where there are a variety of disciplines that come together to study this particular issue. And I know that in exploring those avenues, you came to a couple of different perspectives regarding how we should be conceptualizing or thinking about conflict within settings like the operating room. What ideas or conflicting perspectives have you found most valuable to help you advance your own work? Well, so I'm a bit of a pragmatist. I think Lorelai Lingard's work on communication had really convinced me that there was an opportunity here, that there were some things going on. And frankly, as a surgeon, some of her work was difficult for me to read. Some of the behaviors that she describes so nicely with her group, I found sort of personally difficult. And I became convinced that I thought that most surgeons would like to manage conflict, that first of all, it occurred frequently and that we could do a better job through education. So the first question I ask is, well, what is the best approach to managing it? And what I found is that there's a bit of a debate going on about this, that in some settings, the general strategy is, well, let's separate our disagreement about the ideas or so-called task-related conflict from relationship conflict. In general, there's felt to be some advantages to allowing task-related conflict to work. So an example of that is if you're trying to generate possible solutions to a problem, there are some people that actually advocate that you should support conflict and maybe even engender it. And there's some empirical evidence that shows that if you do that, you'll actually generate a more robust solution list. More recently, though, there's been a bit of a pushback to this to say, well, 
that particularly in uh, where there are values differences or highly emotional circumstances, maybe we should manage conflict as though relationship or interpersonal conflict and idea conflict coexist. And my interpretation is these management differences actually flow first from philosophical differences about what's the best way to view conflict in a group setting. And the separation perspective argues that these are distinct types of conflict that can be separated, identified, and managed. And the other, which is more the complexity perspective, says that these are really attributes of a unitary process. And as I read the conflict research literature, it seemed to me that this is still an open debate. And so that then created a bit of a dilemma for us in terms of what's the most appropriate management strategy, which again relates to the most appropriate perspective in terms of this particular healthcare setting. Chris is fascinating, multi-layered thing where the people studying conflict are in conflict themselves and the various disciplines that are coming to bear undoubtedly, as you indicated, often have difficulty talking with one another and being themselves understood, let alone convinced. You chose to go after this by bringing together a group of operating room nurses and surgeons from multiple centers and getting them to talk about their conflict experiences. Were you able to gather some sense as to which of those different models better represented the lived experiences of those health professionals? Well, we did, and I think having multiple perspectives were very different. One of the things we don't really emphasize in the paper, but I think that became clear as sort of our interdisciplinary conversation happened, is that there are different groups in the operating room hold different values, and so surgeons tend to place more emphasis on the successful completion of a task. They value their relationships, but they really value their relationships as they relate to the performance of the task. And this actually was a sort of a painful conversation we had in our smaller core group, which was two nurses, because it almost feels like a utilitarian view of people. But, you know, we agreed that this is probably the dominant value. The value system around the nurses is more about the team and their role in the team. And so, it's an example, you know, where you have collaborators. It's important, but it's almost painful to have these conversations. But our sense of it and what we tried to capture in the paper is that because of a number of reasons, some of which we had found, but some of which had arisen in uh, work provided by other people, is it's better to take a complexity perspective. And that's because of the speed at which the work moves, because of the value differences, because of the emotions around what happens in the operating room, it would be better for surgeons to manage this knowing that relationship conflict is present and happens quite quickly. So, uh, for example, I would never say to a surgeon, there would be a good time for you to engender conflict like you might in a stable work group that was, mm -hmm. you know, having the opportunity, for example, in a committee meeting where you might say, I'm going to purposely engineer disagreement so I can generate a better set of solutions. I just think that would really be a wrong approach to take in the operating room. Right. Interesting. That leads me to wonder about the way you're defining 
complexity in this context and I wonder if we can get you to unpack that a little bit more sure. uh, just knowing that there's been some considerable amount of recent discussion on complexity and how complexity theory might impact upon educational issues so are you right. suggesting that the people in these teams just need to be aware of the fact that there are complex interactions and not worry about changing them but use them so my use of the word complexity perspective here may have a somewhat different meaning my understanding of the difference between the separation perspective and the complexity perspective as it relates to conflict really the fundamental difference is to the degree to which these different aspects are woven together and in the complexity perspective the argument is they're so tightly woven together that you cannot really easily separate them out because from the separation perspective the general management advice is you can avoid relationship conflict and I think that's extremely difficult to do probably impossible to do and so my comparison is if you take a multi-sided top that has a square and if you can rotate it slowly you could see the various sides but if you spin it rapidly it all kind of blurs together into one unified thing right. and so that's my view of complexity perspective is that the relationship attribute and the task attribute are so tightly woven that you're not going to be able to slow that down and separate them out and so that's what I mean by that perspective. Right, which I guess leads into the notion that how these things get resolved or how we move forward from the conflict is inevitably going to be context dependent as the different, they get all mixed together and what becomes dominant at any one point might depend heavily on the situation. Is that? No, I think that's a very fair thing. And I hope that one of the things the readers of the our paper will do is to realize that we're talking about a very specific context. It may be applicable to other situations in healthcare where you're trying to teach people to manage a high acuity thing. For example, if I think about my own healthcare experience, people that are responding to a cardiopulmonary arrest situation, that, you know, is a team that comes together very quickly. It's a high acute thing. Our work probably but it does not apply well to stable situations like if you have a multidisciplinary team in your clinic. And I would argue there that if you did the research, you would actually find that the work from stable work groups may apply to that much more directly and that those strategies would be much more useful there. I do hope that our work will prompt other studies and other uh, sort of team settings because I think that's the direction we're going in healthcare. But it, I do think it's extremely context sensitive. Mm. And that actually, I think, is a wonderful point for me to start wrapping up towards. And it is such a deep paper with some very interesting ideas that we can't possibly do it justice in a short conversation. But I'd encourage readers towards the paper because I think it's not only interesting in and of itself, but it provides a really nice entry into some of these bigger issues. I think you just summarized some of the way forward and some of the things you're thinking about moving on to in the future. But rather than ask you to lay out the specific implications of this work or where the research is going, I wonder if I might ask you to sum up just by sharing with our listeners some of the personal experiences you had. Again, I was struck when you said earlier about the difficulty you had using some of those theories from other areas, yet you clearly role modeled some of the things you're talking about in your paper by sticking with it and going and making contact and actually going through that struggle. And so there's so much emphasis put on collaboration nowadays, and it always comes up that these disciplinary boundaries get in the way. Have you any insights you would share with others as to how you were able to do that so effectively? 
I think the people that I chose to work in this group were chosen quite specifically with a set of attributes in mind. And one was that I knew that they were all professional people. I knew that they were individuals that would react honestly to the data and that there was a commitment to each other to sort of carry that process through. I think that it's interesting because as a surgeon, you actually begin to empathize with other people in the room, even as with this personally painful to them. And I've had wonderful collaborators in my career, but I think that's part of the process of collaborating together. It really does become a group effort and you do almost lose some of your individual professional differences and it becomes about what the group is discovering. Some of the collaborators, in fact, two were chosen because of their methodologic expertise in that. That's a little different because then I think I try to understand what they're doing, but ultimately you have to respect that that's the areas where they're experts. So, you know, it was a wonderful aspect of the work because you develop these, you know, lovely basically friendships uh, when you progress through a collaboration. But I, uh, to me, it's one of the most joyful or happiest aspects of doing the work together is working with people and seeing their perspectives. Sometimes the perspectives are almost shocking because they're the disciplinary base of it. But to me, it's been a very enriching aspect of it. And I think, you know, well worth some of the complexity collaboration always entails. It's very interesting work and very intriguing to try to think through some of those things. So congratulations again on a fantastic paper and on being such a role model and demonstrating that some of those barriers can be broken down for a very exciting product. Thank you. The paper, again, for those of you who may have forgotten, is called Teaching Operating Room Conflict Management to Surgeons, Clarifying the Optimal Approach. It's written by David Rogers and a series of co-authors and will be released in the September issue of Medical Education 2011. Thanks again, David, for taking the time to talk with me. Again, it's my pleasure. 